That's right, if you're around in the 80s, it was all about Falco showing all your latest moves in the corner of the blue light disco, asymmetrical leather jacket, your fingerless gloves, and on this day in 1986, Austrian singer Falco rules the US chart, the first German-speaking artist to achieve a number one uh, on the US charts. It was so big. When you think of the 80s, Ruth Money, you do think of Falco. Don't so you? much so that yeah. friends who have a deer stud have got a stag called Falco, one called Amadeus, and one called Rock Me. You're kidding me. I am not kidding you. How about that, David Cormack? No, I, I actually like that song. That's a that's a banger. Oh, we've got an approval. You got, you got. Well, no. So Wallace and I have a long-standing series <laughs> of disagreements because Wallace has awful taste in music. But no, that, that one's a goodie. You're not ever going to get invited to sit on his couch carrying on like this. Yeah, gosh, no. Um, anyway, yeah, Falco, it is, a, it is, look, it is an isn't it? Uh, uh, Falco recorded this song inspired in part by the film Amadeus. It became a worldwide hit. And um, uh, if you didn't uh, know, there's a statue of Falco in Austria. And here's a little bit of a quiz for you. Here's a quiz, but you don't get it. There is one other German language song that went to number two in the US in 1984. <laughs> David will what, what is it? Text me, 2101. Oh, I uh, thought I was going to have a hoon. Have a go, go on. Is it Neuner Neugzig Luftballonza? You're on a roll. You're on a roll. Our guest knew that. Uh, speaking of which, let's get into that. We have uh, Ruth Money and David Cormack with us this afternoon. 20, what do 000. I win? <sighs> Nothing. Shushia. <laughs> Nothing. You, 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 uh, we print up the lobbyist disclosure, and you're the first signature. And for that, this you get a is chocolate fish. Rubbish. Do you know what? The other complaint I have: there's a massive wet patch on the table in the studio down here in Wellington, and I've been sitting in it, and I'm disgusted. All right, we'll go and see the go and see the office manager, and we'll mm. sort you out. Now, twenty thousand people signed a petition to save Auckland's Citizens Advice Bureau (CAB) following Auckland Council's proposal to cut. $2 million in funding uh, to the organisation. This is part of a plan to save $125 million from the council's pocket. It was presented to Mayor Wayne Brown yesterday evening with the mayor saying central government should make up that difference. Well, Kate Anderson is the general manager of CAB Auckland City in charge of around 10 branches and Kate has just come out of a meeting with the Mayor and is with us in studio. Kate, kia ora. Welcome to the panel. Kia ora, Wallace. Thank do you th- me. A pleasure. Do you think that the 20,000 signature petition sends a strong message? Yes, we do. I mean, I think that they weren't hard to get the signatures. If we if we if we're able to post something at everyone's ballot box, everyone's letterbox around the city, I think we would have got a lot more people. Mm. Um, everyone I talked to was really happy to support the petition. So it's just a matter of getting the word out there. We have canvassed the issue, I think, three times on the panel. Have you been surprised uh, at the support? Everyone seems to have a citizens' advice bureau story. Yes, yes, they do. There's often, um, you know, whether it's that that their their mother or parents used to work there or whether it's how CAB helped them. Uh, Yes, they do. What came out of the meeting just now? Well, I I can't really tell you. It wouldn't be fair, I think, to Mayor Brown to tell you, but I think probably in terms of nothing... 
different from what he said yesterday on the steps of of Auckland House, uh, which is that he has he thinks we deliver a great service, um, but his beef so his beef you know his, his problem is not with us. It's where he thinks the responsibility lies for it. And before we go to the panel, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you get your funding from central government like the Wellington? Citizens Vice Bureau. What is wrong with that? Why does it have to be up to the cash-strapped Auckland Council to provide your funding? So nationally, across across the Aotearoa, um, we we are funded by central government. So central government funding goes to fund CabNZ, which is, provides our infrastructure, so our website, our learning and development. You know, all of our um, they 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 look at our database of information that our volunteers use to help people. Um, so we do get central government funding, but the operational on the ground yeah. funding in the communities around New That's Zealand right. has been provided traditionally in the past by local government. So it's a sort of partnership between local government, central government and our volunteers, you know, the people who are giving their time to help people in their communities. Okay. All right, Ruth. 52 years. 52 years long. Okay, yeah. so uh, a, a, a part of New Zealand's social history, isn't it? This, the good yeah. old CAB. Social fabric here. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Ruth? Well, look... I don't want to see them gone. And um, it's by community for community, and I think it should be funded locally. Um, I do a lot of work with certain CAB offices um, around the country, actually, and the amount of support, and it's almost a well-being thing. It's not, I mean, it's health, it's well-being. Yes, there's practical, um, legal, practical assistance, but to have somewhere to go to, you know, if we pull this out of our community, where will all these people go? Well, can I talk about that well-being word, which is really interesting you pulled that out. So, And that's really the, the debate I've, I've been having, and I had it with um, Mayor Brown yesterday on the, on the steps of, uh, you know, outside Auckland House, and we presented the petition. Under the Local Government Act, the um, Auckland Council is required to provide, to promote the social, economic, environmental and cultural well-being of their communities. That is the primary responsibility of local government. And, you know, we see that our service fits really squarely in that. You know, we are, we might be helping someone with a rates rebate and, you know, and then we also realise they've got some financial difficulties, so we give them some budgeting service and then we talk to them about are they getting the appropriate benefit support from MSD. So, you know, that's a mixture of central and local government, but actually it's about that person in that community being able to actively participate and get the support 100%, 100%. they need. You know, so okay. it is about well-being. David Cormick. I'm absolutely shocked that when a local government decides to slash its budget, its services for those that are struggling that get cut first. Like This is the same story time and time again. And I mean, to be honest, it's decades of local government candidates campaigning on lowering your rates when actually they should just be on a steady march upwards so we can afford to pay for these services. And I am so horrified that, you know, CAB is up for being cut like this. And I really, I really hope it's not because I think the service that it provides is phenomenal. I've used the Wellington one down here a few times. I know plenty of people that have. Uh, I'm just kind of ropeable at these sorts of services. I was actually frantically Googling to find out if um, Auckland City Council did any public funding for golf courses or anything like that to wonder if that was being cut. But Golf courses are also green spaces, lungs, lungs of the city. Mm. I I honestly can't understand where they expect people to go for this assistance if this happens. Online? Oh, right. So we'll get Edith at age 75 to go online and figure out her rates, rebate and a civil action against her neighbour. Here's an idea then. 
you start up hubs. So you develop little hubs where you have volunteers showing people how to do online, like the banking. Kate? Well, like CAB, really, isn't isn't it? That's what we do. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for your idea, Wallace. Your idea's great, Wallace, but we've already got that. And, and Reed, can I just say, you know, we we did some research into what we call digital exclusion um, a couple of years ago, and and actually it's across all age groups. The people who come to us who can't access the internet, it might be just they don't have any any devices, don't Mm. have any money on their phone, there could be literacy issues, and that's just... It's all age groups. Yeah. Right. I, I guess um, just following up on what David is saying, there would be some out there because uh, previously many would have thought um, Citizens Advice Bureau is what one might say fairly integral to a to a functioning city in New Zealand. Mm. So to have it up against the ropes like this, even though you've come out of a meeting with Wayne Brown just now and from I'm just trying to tell by your face, <laughs> it's it looks like it might have been amicable. Are you concerned that this issue will rumble along? Uh, yes, it will definitely rumble along, I think. Um, uh, you know, we'll certainly... So, so coming back, you, you mentioned before Wellington City, Wellington CABs were funded by national government. They're not. They're funded by Wellington City Council. Wellington City Council did the same thing back in 2018. They looked at it and thought, maybe we won't fund them anymore. And they did some research and chose to go back and fund them. Thanks so, for the clarification. Yeah, Rare so I win think it, for that era of Wellington City Council. <laughs> yeah, so you know, I, think, I think it possibly will rumble along, but... It just depends on on what you see, how important, whether you see community well-being as being a discretionary part of your budget or an essential part of your budget, in my view. I think for a certain slice of society, it's just an invisible part of the budget. Mm. Yeah. Again, though, you've got people who come from privilege making these ridiculous decisions versus what normally happens in the community where these people that don't potentially have a louder voice as the others um, are going to be disempowered by and the yet, most ridiculous decision. Uh, bang on. And, and I'm, up. I'm on a high horse now about this as well, right? Because then they start pointing to the feedback that they get to consultation. But it's the same slices of society that are making that feedback because they're the ones that are in a position to be able to make that feedback. And in an ironic twist, they're the ones that can actually get online and submit feedback. And 100%. so then they go, oh, it's because we didn't get any feedback to say, well, you're not trying hard enough to actually talk to those that are most impacted. Can we get Mia Brown on the line right now? David no chance. I wanted to have a chat. No chance. Oh, no, we will. We'll, 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 we'll have him on to talk Such about this. No, absolutely. Uh, we'll try and get him on. Uh, just finally, uh, Kate, uh, in terms of the. We're, it's, we're looking at a $2 million budget, aren't we, for about 1,000 volunteers? Is that right? That's, that's how much it costs? Yeah, it costs two, just yeah. over $2 million to fund 32 sites across Auckland. Um, so last year we helped 163,000 people. Uh, that's 900 volunteers. Um, but another important fact is that we did a bit of research into our service last year, the social impact, and for every dollar it costs to deliver the service, we deliver $13.20 of social value, which is – those oh, people who know about social impact would say it's an incredibly high number. Yeah. But do you know what? It wouldn't actually matter if you didn't because just the role that you play – shouldn't be broken down to dollars and cents like I'm sick of us making assessments on things worth because of the dollar value like society is not just an economic P&L spreadsheet and I just I just find it really grim the way that we frame it and I'm not saying that you are but it's the way that you're kind of having forced to speak about it 
Right. Hey, nice to have you in, Kate. Kia ora. Thanks for coming yeah, in today. Yeah. Thank you for uh, That's Thank Kate you. Anderson, the General Manager of uh, Citizens Advice Bureau, Auckland City, in charge of about uh, 10 branches. You are on the panel on RNZ National. We have Ruth Money today and also uh, David Cormack. Uh, yeah, a lot of response on that. And uh, you can uh, email me, how has the Citizens Advice Bureau helped you? Or not, uh, let us know. Uh, now to this, um, actually, no, a bit of feedback regarding um, uh, loud gigs. I saw Bob Dylan in Sydney. Before he came on stage, we were told the rules. Basically, be polite. We were also told if anyone took a photo, he would walk off stage. We were all on our best behaviour. Perhaps other artists should try that. Interesting. Wallace went to the Caketon Wellington to watch the All Blacks for a significant birthday. In front of us were five guys and a woman who were up and down all night getting alcohol. Towards the end of the game, they were so drunk uh, and we were disgusted, says uh, Kathy. Well, for more than 20 years, the Music and Audio Institute of New Zealand, otherwise known as Mains, has welcomed... Music students, Joel Little, writing hits for the likes of Lord and Taylor Swift, Troy Kingy, Jin Wigmore, all graduates. It's facing closure by to Pukenga, the New Zealand Institute of Skills and Technology, due to declining enrolment rates and flood damage, with a decision expected in early April. The uh, TEU, Tertiary Education Union, has put forward a large submission on behalf of people in music education and the wider industry. Now, Harry Lyon uh, of the band Hello Sailor was at the school for 17 and a half years as a tutor and then as dean. Harry's with us. Kia ora, Harry. Kia ora, wana. Good to have you here, Harry. And uh, many will know the significance of Mainz. It's, it's a well-known, well-regarded institute. How do you feel about this potential closure well disappointed i guess is in a word uh, I, I think we did great things um over the time that i was there and prior to that and I, I mean i've been away from there six years now so um i'm i'm not involved directly anymore but i, I think it's such a shame um and i mean I, i've been a musician i think music and not only music Mains had audio and music business, so we one of our points of difference we thought was that we had programs that covered all aspects of the music industry. So, in a very practical way, students could play play music industry if you like. So, you know, the business students could um, put on our internal events, and the music students could record with the audio students, etc. So, um, you know, a lot of symbiosis. Um. But you can't argue with declining enrolment rates for Harry. No, I guess, um, you know, that's something that I'm not involved with anymore. But, uh, you know, that could be due to a number of factors. Mm. Um, Maybe it's, you know, they could look at, um, well, they could maybe pump up the promotion budget a bit more. But I do think that, you know, education tends to be counter-cyclical. So, so when the economy, you know, when there's a, a labour shortage, then all education providers suffer, I think, and I think that's true across the sector. Uh, but it is a time when 
governments can pump more money into education. And um, so when the economy bounces back, um, instead of complaining about a skill shortage, there'll be a new stream of of um, graduates coming out. Ruth, you familiar with uh, Mainz? Uh, there are a significant number of uh, young people that I have actually talked to. They've just loved Mainz yeah. and gone on to do... Uh, um, some pretty interesting things, important things. A couple of uh, people in, from Mainz at RNZ. I'm sure, and yes. it's the only. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. It's the only school of its type round, round kind of North Island or Tamaki area potentially. Is it? Is that right, Harry? Yes, and uh, I mean, there the University of Auckland does have a contemporary music a pop degree, um, but. I think that one of the differences with polytechnic qualifications is that they tend to be a lot more applied applied mm-hmm. in the assessments and things. And that appeals and is suited to the type of learner that typically comes into the polytech system. Mm-hmm. They tend to perhaps not have gained a university entrance. And at Maine, they have a foundation program uh, as a starter for, for kids that have come through high school without any... Uh, NCA quals perhaps, so um, they can be scooped up. And their love of music being a, a common denominator can seduce them into higher education. Well, and clearly doing something right if they've had the likes of you, Harry, from the, mm-hmm. fan, can, I, can I say, a fantastic band, Hello Sailor, but also, you know, Joel Little writing hits for like Taylor Swift. There, it's there, very could, sad. there could be some promotion in that. <laughs> I mean, why not? David Gormack? I mean, yeah, I just echo Harry's points that we should be biffing more money at these sorts of institutes, right? Like, not everyone's going to do calculus or trigonometry or whatever you know society's made up of all types and and arts and, and music are so important to a healthy society so i would be i hadn't heard of it but now i'm emotionally invested and i would be <laughs> gutted uh if it closed down through a lack of funding I guess the final point I want to make this too, Harry, is that uh, there are uh, there were quite a number, significant percentage of both Pacifica and Māori students there um, taking part. So um, that's another avenue for young Pacifica, young Māori uh, that will be cut. Yes, and that's both inspirational and aspirational. Quite more often than not, graduates from Mainz who were the first in their family to gain a tertiary qualification. And, of course, that leads to pathways to further education. Um, you know, once um, people have a degree, then they can do a graduate diploma in something that can be uh, career-focused. And, and uh, I mean, young people these days are going to change their careers, and no matter what field they're in, a lot of them will change careers or have to adapt their careers a number of times over their working life. Good on you, Harry. Nice to have you on, by the way, Briss, briefly before we go. How's Hello Sailor? Uh, we're in Finefield. Yeah, yes, of course you are. We played a festival in, in Tauranga uh, last weekend. That, incidentally, all the tech crew, most of them, were all Maine's graduates you go. from the Live Sound program. Very good, Harry. <laughs> Thanks for being on the program. Harry Lyon of uh, Hello Sailor there. Uh, the panel, RNZ National. A lot of you loving uh, Falco. Who knew? And now you want to hear 99 Lift Balloons. Not playing that. Um, <laughs> but we will have some more Falco at the end of the... <laughs> Falco. <laughs> Honestly, um, finally on the program, on Monday, we talked about retirees embracing solar power. We got quite a response. Some of you said it's great. Some said, what a waste of money. Anyway, 
We got a message from one Harmony from Motueka. Now, he's been off the grid, forget this, 28 years. And the one and only Harmony is on the line. Harmony, lovely to have you on the panel. Kia ora. How are you? Uh, well, we met back in 2013. Did we? Yep. Where? Uh, at Backbenchers. And uh, we took a selfie, and Simon Bridges had to go at my shirt. you remember that? We we put it on the thing, and I told him, well, at least my my trousers weren't, were, were fireproof. Oh, my gosh. I remember that. You're one of those crazy people that came in. That's right. Wow. It was well, a great time. Well, it's lovely to have... <laughs> That's a memory. Um, yeah. I remember that selfie, too. Look, yeah. is this true? You've relied on solar power for nearly 30 years. Well, I have to, there's a caveat to that because I do have a backup generator. And uh, right now I've got about 14 solar panels in like four different um, applications. And uh, I'm running, I don't know, I sent some photos through you. I don't know if you can see them, but um, I, I operate a, a recording studio, a solar-powered stage. Um, I do all my lighting and um, all the electronic stuff through the solar power. And um, I do have some wood heat and some gas cooking and a gas caliphant. So, um, but it's been quite a, it, what did you say, it's been quite a learning curve. I started just with one panel yeah. and, a, and, and a battery, basically, and I've, I've added piece by piece over the years. And, uh, you know, I'm happy as Larry with it, the whole thing. And I think... You sound it. You I, sound at Harmony. You're living in Motueka. Your name's Harmony. You're off-grid. David, this is living the dream, isn't it? I mean... For some, sure. I'm a little bit of a techno addict myself, so I'd probably really struggle. Uh, but good on you for doing it. Um, how, when when did you get back on the grid? I'm not on the grid. I'm, no, I'm I hate to I hate to be the one to tell you this, fella, but you're actually on a phone call on the radio. So <laughs> no, but this is I'm on the I'm on the phone. I've got a power on you know a landline, but I'm off the power grid, so I've never hooked up to the. Um, to the power grid, never paid a power bill. Do you, what? Do you sell? Never paid do you a sell? Bill. Do you sell your surplus back to the grid? No, you have to be hooked up to do that. And at the time when I I bought this property in 1994, and it was about two thousand dollars to hook up at the time, and I and it was a sort of a pride thing because my parents, my dad had been quite deeply involved in the nuclear power industry, and wow. I wanted to show them we could, you know, we could do it with alternative uh, energy. So uh, that's when I started. And Ruth. Uh, the hookup now would be twenty grand, I think. Can you hear this? This, I mean, this is freedom, eh? Uh-huh. Freedom. Never yeah. paid a power bill in thirty years. I can freedom. hear the joy yep. in your voice, Harmony. You've just got this aura, that, and Wallace yep. is absolutely vibing on it. I'd have to say he's well, jumping I'm up and it. down. I'm loving it. And, um, I'm jealous. As I say, it's been a. You know, I think you you have to learn how to live um, in a different way. You have to uh, be very careful about how much power you use for what and. Um, and I also I can charge all my batteries, all the devices. I go to I go to town on the weekends. I'm I'm a what I call a semi-retired beer salesman, which is a professional musician. And um, I do my busking at the uh, Matawaka Markets on Sunday, and all my batteries are charged during the week. So I I run all that stuff off batteries that I've. This is met. just the living the life, Harmony. So, so here so you are in the evenings. I mean, what what does an evening look like to you? Is it you, you pour a glass of mead? You put on a bit of Jethro Tull, um, uh, po- powered by solar power on the candle, roof. Romantic Ca- candle, candle. Yeah, I got some candles here, yeah. And um, I, I'm, I'm drinking the uh, what do you call it? Um, 
export citrus 2.0 because I'm not much of a drinker, you know. Good on that's my that's my um, my drop. And so, uh, I, I, a few candles, and I usually listen to Karen Hay in the evenings on on the weekends. Good and, for uh, you. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, I'm pretty dedicated to RNZ these days. So um, it's no, we I love no you, Harmony. And here you are on the panel. There you go. And I think David, I think we might have met back in 2017 at the um, the Green. Uh, were you at, the, at that thing in Nelson? The Green Launch, Green Party Launch. Yeah, I would have been. Yep, yep, we met there. And Mate, I, I am doing. just your recollection of meeting people was phenomenal. When am I going to meet you, Harmony? <laughs> I'm feeling left oh, out now. We're here, Sally. You come, you come, say hello. You know, you're all always right. Welcome. I Coming suspect to the market. you and I probably voted the same way on the cannabis referendum, Harmony. Oh. I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> Absolutely. And neither will you, Harmony. <laughs> Lovely to have you on the okay, panel. Guys. Thank you so much. Enjoy your show. Thank you. Uh, very he good. Do, he does raise a point from something you said right back at the beginning of the show that we'd never met Wallace. We actually, we also have met at an episode of Backbenchers. So, have we? Yeah. When? Have you, have you got the selfie to prove it? Uh, well, no, because I know Damien, and so I spoke to him rather than you. Oh. How about that? Oh. We did meet. Gosh almighty. <laughs> well, on that wonderful note... We're going to have a little bit of Falco, back to the 80s for you. David Cormack, Ruth Money, pleasure having you both on. Uh, I'm Wallace Chapman. Checkpoint with Lisa Owen is next. Stay tuned to RNZ National. I am back tomorrow. You know the time, 3.45.